Next on BYU Sports Nation, game day eve for BYU at Michigan State. What do you expect in tomorrow's game? He never lacks for an opinion. Former BYU defensive stud Brady Papinga joins us to discuss the Cougars and the Spartans. And is Aaron Rodgers pro-BYU? Huh? Plus ESPN's Mike Patrick joins us and are going for two picks. Spencer's are weak! Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's Friday, October 7th. I'm Jerem Jordan alongside Spencer Linton's replacement, Jason (laughs) Shepard. It's funny you say that. Uh, (laughs) Last night... Uh, we were doing the uh, the women's volleyball game mm-hmm. on BYU TV. Spencer Linton Spen- is the play-by-play? Yeah, yeah Spencer and Kristen Kozlowski is the analyst, and I do the sidelines. So after the uh, match was over, uh, and I don't know if this guy knows Spencer or if they know each other or is just a, a fan that walked by, he walks up to Spencer, and I'm, I'm standing next to Spencer. Mm-hmm. He walks up to Spencer and is like, are you, are you not doing the sports show anymore? <laughs> and and Spencer kind of looks like, BYU Sports Station? No, I'm, yeah, I'm doing it. He's like, oh, because... I tuned in the other day, and you weren't on there. Tuesday. Well, he didn't specify. Yeah. But I could see where this is going. And I'm like, you know, I'm sure this is just, hey, I didn't see you on there. I wondered where you went. But just to possibly save (laughs) this guy from a potential embarrassing situation, Mm -hmm. I'm like, just so you know, uh, it was probably me filling in. And he looks over at me and goes, yeah, it was you. (laughs) So I don't know where that conversation was going, but yeah. I think I saved him possibly. Yeah. Sometimes you have to step in, yeah, because you, you can kind of see the path. Yes. that things could possibly yeah. go down. Yes, and when it's too scary, you got to <laughs> prevent that path from happening. Absolutely. And Spencer is gone today because he is on his way to East Lansing uh, for our coverage on Countdown to kickoff tomorrow. Literally on the plane. Uh, up in the air uh, about 10 minutes he ago. He told so. me that he was going to stream the show. So he's either watching and or listening right if now. If he's listening, that means that he can tweet. So, Spencer, go ahead. And, he told me he was going to do it. Send, yeah. Yeah, he did to me, too. So he uh, he knows already, I think, his uh, picture week for going for two. And we'll <laughs> give you those coming up. I already told him via text. I'm not just passive-aggressive doing it on the show mm-hmm. after the fact. Although I would uh, be capable of that. Here today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Game day eve, as mentioned, versus Michigan State. Tomorrow, countdown to kickoff begins at 2.30 Eastern time. Tomorrow, today's walkthrough at Spartan Stadium is scheduled for 1.45 Eastern time. Remember, it's a matchup between Dan Smith and Jack Marius Tactheratrix of Key and Peel fame. So this is a big matchup for the Cougars. I, I can't wait for that segment, breaking down that matchup. That really is a key matchup in tomorrow's uh, game. Uh, Tactheratrix can stop the run with the best of them. Well, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's a big one. He's a game-time decision. There's, well, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's a game-changer, certainly. Number five, women's soccer defeated LMU last night one to nothing. Michelle Vasconcelos had the game winner in the ninth minute as the Cougars improved to 11. 11-1-1 on the season. They play at number 25 Pepperdine tomorrow at 4 Eastern time. It seems so good that I see one nothing and I go, what happened? <laughs> Instead of uh, 2 or 3 to Well, hey, they score nothing. in the ninth minute and just pull that's, off it's, the that's good enough to, to yeah. hold off LMU the rest of the night. And that game was on uh, ESPNU, by the way. So the Cougars featured on uh, national right. TV, yeah. as they have been throughout the season That's right. uh, on BYU TV as well. Number 13 women's volleyball swept St. Mary's last night. The Cougars finished the match with eight aces and five players with five or more kills in the sweep. BYU hosts Pacific tomorrow at 3 Eastern time in the Smith Fieldhouse. Cougars continue to rock. They're 15-2, and two, Jason. Yeah, they, they played 
They played fantastic. As a matter of fact, they were down in the first set 16-12. to 12, mm. And from that point on, just completely dominated St. Mary's for the sweep. You know why I love sweeps? Is I've called men's volleyball for the last uh, eight or nine years. I get paid the same either way. So if they sweep, <laughs> I'm out of there early. It's great. Same with you. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. And like I said, they were down four. And then from that point on, just sheer domination of the Gales. Yeah. Cougars in the NFL this weekend include Kyle Van Oy and the Lions playing the Eagles. Dennis Pitta, DeAndre Wesley, and the Ravens will take on the Washington Redskins. And Paul Lasique, who's back on the Bears' active roster, faces off against Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts. Big matchups for those guys. Big matchup for BYU this weekend. We will talk to ESPN's Mike Patrick coming up. Brady Papinga as well are going for two picks. So we will get you ready, and let's do it. Rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. What to expect when you're expecting a good game. BYU and Michigan State, 27 and a half hours away in East Lansing, Michigan. Our crew is on the way. As mentioned, Spencer Linton is on a plane as we speak. This is a big game for the Cougars, Jason. A chance to win in the Eastern time zone for just the third time versus a Power 5 team. Since 2000, it's been a struggle for the Cougars. The chance to get to 500 this season. Win in one of the premier college football locations. It's time for the Cougars to win a close one on the road, which brings us to today's Twitter question. What do you expect from BYU tomorrow versus Michigan State? Mm. Pretty simple question. We like to keep it simple. Simple answer. We will find out. Uh, At R. Greenhaw, continued improvements and a complete game. There's that phrase again, the complete Mm. game. We have not hit our peak yet. Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. We'll get to these throughout the show. So what what do you think, Jason? What do you expect tomorrow between BYU and Sparty? Everybody knows that BYU offensively is going to try and come out and establish the run with Jamal Williams. You know that. I know that. BYU knows that. Michigan State knows that. They're going to do everything they possibly can to keep Jamal Williams from being Jamal Williams, especially after the way that the offensive line has played and that combination of the offensive line of Jamal Williams the last couple weeks and then last week, 286. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So you know their number one goal defensively is to stop the run. So basically the Spartans are going to give Taysom Hill and the receivers opportunities to make plays through the air. It's now up to Taysom to make those plays. Because I think there will be ample opportunities Hmm. through the air for BYU against this Michigan State defense. I agree with you. I think that uh, what I expect tomorrow is this. I think BYU uh, will play a good competitive game, and yet again for the sixth game in a row, (laughs) unbelievably, in the fourth quarter, BYU will have a chance to win this thing. Now, I think that this is a tougher situation than playing UCLA at home. Or maybe even Utah on the road. I know that Utah's uh, home field advantage is really good. Michigan State under Mark D'Antonio, 26-2 and in non-conference home games. Okay, They dominate at home. Yet, this Michigan State team is not the same Michigan State team that went to the college football playoff and only lost one game last year. BYU has a tough task ahead. But I'm with you. If BYU can run the ball, they're in business. If they cannot... It's going to come down to Taysom Hill's arm to win this game, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In BYU's first five games, Taysom Hill has five touchdown passes. Okay, and six picks. So these are not winning numbers from the quarterback at Brigham, and we're accustomed to a different kind of 
uh, I don't know, numerical dominance from that position. But Taysom Hill is not uh, the same kind of quarterback that BYU's had traditionally. What Taysom can do is run the rock. Now, he did not run the ball very much against Toledo. Uh, and if you recall, he did have that kind of hurdle play against West Virginia. Um, and and it we're, five, six ga- we're five games in against Power 5 competition. I imagine BYU's beat up a little bit. We're seeing that with Troy Warner. We're seeing that with Butch Pau. We're seeing that uh, with Jake Oldroyd and some others. So I, I think Taysom Hill's a gamer, and he's tough. But I'm with you. It makes me a little nervous thinking about Taysom Hill's arm and these receivers versus Michigan State on the road, Eastern time zone, earlier game. I, I think that BYU will bring it and be competitive, but I really hope that BYU can run the ball so that it doesn't have to be well, yeah, Taysom Hill's arm that wins the it game. Can, it can be a combination of both. I mean, that's what you ultimately want if you're a college football team, is to be balanced. You want to be able to run the ball. I mean, you want to be able to excel at all facets of the offense or the defense, whatever it is. But this is the one thing that has been obvious to me in, mm-hmm. in watching these games. Whether it's running with the ball or throwing accuracy, Taysom just seems to be much more comfortable when he's on the move. Yes. When the pocket moves, he just looks like Taysom Hill. And so I wonder if we will see, even if it is to throw the ball, I wonder if we will see more of the pocket moving and Taysom getting out of the pocket just to, just to feel more comfortable because it looks like that has been the case to this point. It worries me to look at Michigan State and see, okay, this is a team on par defensively with Utah and UCLA. And BYU could not run the ball as effectively as they wanted in those games. Against Utah, BYU ended up with, with uh, enough rushing yards to make it uh, kind of matter in that game. And in, in that game, BYU uh, and Taysom Hill got it going. They ran for 143. When BYU rushes for around 150, they're, they're pretty good because you're assuming that you're getting like 250 uh, through the air. Now, BYU has been able to rack up some of this at the end of games when they're down to try and make it closer. I think that BYU is going to play a good first half. Blaine Fowler earlier this week said the first quarter is the key. I agree with him. Malik McDowell, first day, second day kind of draft pick. Trevor Maddich, I think, called him a first-round pick earlier this week on the show. He's a difference maker. Targeting penalty against Indiana, he is out in the first half. So if BYU can build some kind of lead in the first half, that would be great. Because the challenge is there. This Michigan State defense, 16th in rushing defense. Jamal Williams on fire after the greatest single rushing game in BYU history. If BYU can't run the ball, it's going to be a long day. Well, and we're not saying that BYU won't be able to run the ball. I just think it'll be a challenge. It, it will be the biggest challenge to this point, probably. I mean, Utah, I mean, it's, it will be tough, but we're not saying it's impossible. And when you look at the fact that Michigan State on the defensive side missing a couple of D linemen, really good player, line some of their best, one of their best linebackers, if not the Riley Bulla, the yes. leading tackler last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. So there, there will be opportunities to run, and that's why when you mentioned, you know, Blaine, that that first quarter, the first series or two for BYU offensively, it's it's going to be huge. That that first quarter. I think it's going to tell us a lot about where BYU is, and I think it's also going to answer that question that we're all asking ourselves about Michigan State. Is this going to be a determined team after losing two in a row yeah, yeah. or a deflated team after losing two in a row? I think that first quarter is going to answer a lot of questions on both sides. For Michigan State, the sky is falling right now. Yep. Watching their entire press conference, uh, seeing tweets and kind of gauging the temperature of the situation there, the sky is falling. They're calling for a different quarterback. They only lost one game. They 
Last year they've lost two. They've already, already. had a players only meeting. If you have a players only meeting already, <laughs> they yeah. Wow, you're you're wa- you're waving a panic flag uh, in that case. So what do you expect from BYU tomorrow versus Michigan State? That's our Twitter question. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Elisa or Elisa underscore Taylor twelve uh, twenty. I expect Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams to produce fifty five. Huh? Hold on, let me read this. Uh, Did that come in from Brian Logan? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> a pick six would be nice and a comfortable lead before the last drive. 55 points against Michigan State? Are you nuts? Blue On the road? Blue goggle yeah, that's, alert. that's as blue, blue goggle, goggle the tweet as blue we might get to alert. How Holy awesome would it be if BYU's offense puts up 55? I'll take again. Tw- I'll take 28. On the road at Michigan State against this defense. Yeah. Here's I'll- the deal. Michigan State's offense, not explosive, as I outlined yesterday. I think that this could be the the twenty one seventeen kind of game again. This tweet coming in from uh, at Spencer Kenny BLA. Spencer, know, is that you? I know this is out there, but I expect BYU will have the ball with two minutes or less to have a chance to win the game. <laughs> oh. Can you imagine? <laughs> okay, that's kooky talk right there. That will never. Oh wait, that happens wait, every week. Wait, what? <laughs> I fully expect that to be the case in this game. I really do. Why, why wouldn't it be? Every other game has come right down to the end. At Kirk Hammis won. Whoever has the last drive of the game will win. So just hold the ball. Just try From and hold the very the, beginning? Like, like, like in football, you have you, one drive the yeah, entire game? The entire, well, the, it'd have to be the first half. <laughs> in the second half, defer and then keep the ball. At Twiggerstone, offense to continue to improve, defense to get back to where they were at the start of the season. Now that is what... Would be awesome if you could get back to those first three games of defense. Mm. I'm, in, I'm very intrigued I by this matchup well. tomorrow. FBI, ESPN, Football Power Index says it's 50-50. Coming up, our going for two picks in ESPN's Mike Patrick. But first, BYU and NFL uh, linebacker Brady Papinga joins us next. He always brings the heat, man. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We're live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV. The conversation's happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Don't miss Countdown to Kickoff tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU TV. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan will be in studio. And Spencer Linton will be live from East Lansing. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow, 2.30 Eastern on BYU TV. Tomorrow's show is going to be awesome. I've talked to the producer. They have some amazing plans for that one. And that would be you. Our Twitter question, what do you expect from BYU tomorrow versus Michigan State? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Connor Crandall 2 I expect a team in BYU that is ready to fight against an MSU team that's ticked off. Should be a great game. I think it's going to be a great game as well, a physical matchup. And our next guest is a guy who loved that kind of matchup. He's on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. His name is Brady Papinga. Brady, how's it going today? Going well. How you guys doing? We are doing awesome. Great. We are awesome. Uh, you, you are a Super Bowl champ, BYU legend, Fox Deportes host and analyst, Westwood One Radio uh, and author. How did we get here, Brady? You, you have a lot going on, man. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, about doing what you love to do, very simply. And uh, basically, I, you know, I've been able to do Fox Deportes in Spanish. And again, I'd love to be involved with football and I love Spanish, but able to combine that, obviously the whole English end of things, and then writing the book, I just thought, you know, what a great opportunity is to tell your story, because everybody's got a story, 
And uh, I look at the theme of sort of my story, and it was competition, so I, I went with that one. So, yeah, I wrote a book called The True Spirit of Competition. It's, you can find it where books are sold, and it's got a lot of fun stories in there, stories about times I was at BYU, stories when I was at the Green Bay Packers, and, you know, when we won the Super Bowl, those kinds of things. It's a good a good, good read, very easy, 100 pages for all ages. Check it out. Awesome. We'll have Amazon or anywhere where books are sold. Awesome. We'll have to uh, get a copy and add it to the uh, new Steve Young book uh, on the desk here. Let's talk about BYU yeah. and Michigan State. This, this is an intriguing matchup, especially on the heels of what BYU's done earlier in the season where they've matched up pretty well with a lot of good competition. What do you think of this game between BYU and Michigan State? Well, the bottom line is, is they have to, even though Michigan State has a strong running defense, BYU's got to go in and they've got to be patient with the run. I mean, that's their strength of their offense. Heck, it's the strength of their team. Because you look back at Utah, where Utah, it's similar in the sense that that was their strength defensively. Stopping the run, you saw Ty try to do some things to work around the strength of Utah's defense. Now, you're going to do that, but you can't completely abandon the very thing that is your strength, too, which is running the ball. You've got to be a little bit more creative. And so when you're dealing with a sizable front, some things that you're going to try to do is work the edges, do some counters, get some angle blocks for the big guys up front, which, I, I, look, that's been one, one position group that has really jumped out to me, probably more so than any this year, and that's the offensive line of BYU. Coach Empey's done a phenomenal job of continuing on with 2J hat going. They've even had some replacements come in. So you're going to have to change a little of your scheme but stay with what got you in the position that you are in, in, in the sense that, uh, you know, stick with your strength. And that is running the ball with Jamal Williams, you know, get Canada going a little bit. You know, I, I like to see that. So Jamal's just not completely gassed. And then defensively, they have a ton of issues to overcome. And they're not crazy issues. You know, they're controllables. The first is from coaching. You can't just line up and play. You have to be able to have certain disguise elements to your defense Especially when you're playing, you know, I mean, last week against Toledo, really good offense. This off, you know, this offense this week isn't as good, but still they're smart. If you're going to line up at a cover two the whole time and just play it, they are going to gash you like crazy, and it's going to be another defensive performance. So the first thing they need to do is just show different looks, show Stinko high, and then all of a sudden move at the snap of the ball to two high. Vice versa, show, show two high to boom, move to the single high. And that's, at the very least, the things that you could do to, to keep – the offense guessing as to what you're doing defensively. If not, it's going to be the same performance. And then defensively, too, I mean, the effort just was not there against Toledo guys. That was what was the most alarming to me because the effort had been there every game up until then, and all of a sudden you see guys like Kainaku just taking plays off and walking around like, what the heck is this? This is not BYU defense of the last 14 years something that I worked my tail off, guys, to establish. Because when I was there, we struggled with that. We had guys that weren't given full effort. And so now, all of a sudden, we're going to revert back to that in 2002? No. So they got, they got to play with effort on the defensive side of the ball. And then the, the, from the coach's standpoint, they have to show some disguises, and you can't just line up and, and think you're going to be a, a successful defense. And offensively, stay with the run game, make, make some tweaks. And if they, if they do that, I think that gives them the best chance to win. Brady, if Michigan State is successful, though, stifling BYU's rushing attack, how confident are you that the Cougars can win with the passing game? It's not a good thing. You never want to get into a situation you know, where you're one-dimensional, and that's, this, that goes for any team. And, and, I, and I don't think Taysom's a poor thrower. I wouldn't be afraid to – I mean, he showed it already in situations where he's been one-dimensional with the clock running against him in two-minute situations. He can make it happen. I'm not worried about that. 
But what I am worried about is the idea that, uh oh, now we have to use him as a drop back guy. Because that seems to be their go to when they are in the game is outside of two minutes and they have to throw the ball that he becomes a drop back guy. And unfortunately, that's just not something he has developed very, uh, uh, you could say, very far along in his career. It's just because he hasn't done it. And so if they are going to go to that, let's say the run gets stopped. You can use the quick game as the alternative to a run. High percentage throws, but make them RPOs, man. Run pass options to where you can still get some run out of it with your quarterback. And I know he's feeling a little sore right now. Taysom, you know, last game hardly even ran at all. Uh, but still move him around, roll him out, let him be on the move. Don't use him as a dropback guy. That's going to increase the probability of success. And then the receivers, guys. Oh my goodness, they they played better this last game, but they have to they have to continue to do their job and catch the ball against West Virginia was completely unacceptable. Poor play out of the position group. I put that on coaching, uh, but they got to help them out too. And so they can survive if if it gets to a situation where they're running into a wall with Jamal Williams in that running game, to where they can do some tweaks to work around that, to where you use high percentage throws instead of the running game. But you got to get Taysom on the move. And then the receivers have to earn their keep, man. Not, and, and when you're playing tight man-to-man coverage against these defenses that have athletic secondaries, you can't expect to be wide open every time. You're going to have to make the contested, difficult ch- uh, catch a uh, run-of-the-mill, consistent thing. And if they do that, that's going to put them in a good position to win, and that's where they have lacked when they played against these athletic secondaries. Brady Papinga is on BYU Sports Nation, and he's bringing the heat. Uh, I wish you'd come with a, uh, an opinion. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Jamal Williams has been fantastic um, in, in a couple of games this year. Of course, the record-setting performance against Toledo. Do you believe that he'll be able to run the ball against Michigan State? No question. But you've got to be patient. And again, you're going to have to use a lot of angle blockings. I like the zone scheme against the bigger fronts. And then you can, what I'd really like to see them do do a lot like the Shanahan's in the NFL do. Use the zone because Jamal is a very good zone blocking runner because he's got very excellent patience, one cut ability, and then he lets his blocker set up vision. All those kinds of things or, or attributes that he has that then you can complement with the boot play action. They call it a waggle, which is sort of a different form of a boot. But anyway, it's it's a misdirection play action pass to where you're using and showing that. Uh, zone blocking scheme, getting the defense to run, to run to one side, and then boom, you go right back the other way, and that's where you get the tight ends on the drags, the over routes, and the receivers, the same thing, to where now you're getting those guys in situations to where you're showing run, and then you're shoot, immediately converting into, into a route, which helps against man press, by the way, which you know they're going to see, uh, except Michigan State runs a different man press. They don't have help in the middle. So if they can beat this man press, that's where Michigan gets, Michigan State gives up a lot of big chunk plays in the passing game. I can tell you, but that's a good way to do it. Get the running game going in the in the in the zone running game. Then you get that, that the misdirection play action pass boot stuff going. And guess what happens? If you burn them with the misdirection boot stuff, all of a sudden they don't play as hard against that zone blocking scheme because they're afraid of getting out of position with the misdirection pass game, which then will open up holes. And what happens with most of those schemes? is over time throughout the game, it starts to loosen things up. So patience is the key for the, call, the play caller, Ty Detmer, if that's going to be the plan. There's been a lot of talk about this Michigan State team and what type of team are you going to see coming off two losses? I've used the terms uh, deflated or determined. What type of team do you expect BYU to be facing tomorrow? They're going to be tough. 
I mean, this is a, a team that's coached by a real honorary sucker in Mike D'Antoni. How do I know about him? My roommate for six years, the Green Bay, or five years, I said, with the Green Bay Packers is A.J. Hawk. And for a number of years, Mike D'Antoni was his defensive coordinator. I mean, he told me story after story. I mean, this guy is a salty, stubborn, focused guy. That I mean, he has some way of, it's like Nick Saban, of motivating his guys. And so his guys, I mean, they've gotten beat bad a couple times over the last few weeks that uh, is unacceptable in their standards and the way they do things. So, they're, I mean, they're at home. Uh, they feel like they have a team at BYU they should beat, and so I, I expect them to come out and play tough, be physical. It's going to look a lot like Utah, I would imagine. Yeah. In 2004, you played a heck of a, a schedule to start the season. Notre Dame at home, which BYU won, at Stanford, USC, at Boise State, at Colorado State when they were, when they were better. What, what was that like emotionally and physically as you played like this year for BYU, game after game after game that tested you, and then you, you were under 500, and it was a it was a struggle at the beginning of the year. Well, you know, I mean, look, it didn't help that we go when we beat Notre Dame, and we played one of the best defensive games, you know, BYU you've seen in a long time. I mean, we just dominated those suckers. And then all of a sudden, Monday, they go fire Val Hell, who brought in everybody. Croton, you know, and Croton brought in Bronco. And I'd never seen a coaching staff so scared with their, and I, at the time, I didn't know. You know, I was just like, whatever. But I, but I could have, as I look back on it, they were so scared at that point, and, and it just threw our whole season to a flux. So I didn't even think about, oh, we're playing Stanford. I mean, I was just like, holy cow, how could you ever do that? What a stupid decision. After one of the biggest wins in probably the last, like, five years at that time, anyway, in BYU history, you go and you fire the athletic director who, ha- who hired the, the, the head football coach? I mean, what message does that send? So that was we were really trying to recover from that from all those weeks, and so I didn't. It didn't even register on our Richter scale, you know, the the caliber of teams we were playing, the you know, the type of focus you had to have on a week in week out basis. But as you know, I look at this schedule. It reminds me of any big P five schedule in the NFL, to where you don't have weeks off. You know, I remember, you know, with uh, two thousand and one with the you know with BYU and I was a freshman. It's like almost every week it was like, dude, you, you there was just blaring weaknesses in the teams we faced in Tulane and, you know, all these other teams that, you know, we rolled through that year that you're just like, what the, you know, this is, and then it would be like, boom, you'd play a team like Cal, you know, and they'd have a sweet running back. You're like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. And then another three or four weeks where you just didn't see any really good players. That's not the case. I mean, this is like a week in and week out deal where you have to be sharp. You have to be precise. You have to be focused and you have to come to play in terms of competing, you know, with an edge, you can't afford to come and be like, ah, I'm just going to go through the motions. Yeah, and since we're BYU, we should be in this game. You can't afford to do that with this kind of schedule. And so that's the one thing I think as you, and I think Utah took them a number of years to transition out of that. BYU, I mean, I think they're actually a little bit further along that curve just because of the makeup of the kids at BYU is a little different at Utah, a little more focused, a little more mature. Uh, but you have to come every week with the greatest amount of competitive edge with the greatest amount of focus and precision when you are playing in this type of schedule every single week, you're facing a top-tiered opponent. Brady, just a moment ago, you mentioned uh, A.J. Hawk. And, and recently you were on his show, uh, his podcast, I guess, and Aaron Rodgers was on there. In fact, you've done a lot of these where Aaron Rodgers has also been on the show. He always wants to ask you about BYU football. He wants to talk Cougar football. Have you converted Aaron Rodgers to be a BYU fan? You know, uh, you know, he surprised me when we were doing the pro- podcast. He was talking about Kai. He was talking about the Utah game. 
And I don't know if you guys saw the uh, game day where he was the celebrity picker. Mm -hmm. You know, he picked BYU to beat Arizona in the first week. And so maybe that caught his attention after that. But, you know, I don't don't know where all that came from, man. But uh, maybe it's just he and I being teammates. It sort of intrigued them because BYU is a very respected football program across the country because especially when people are educated about what makes up the program, you know, and, and when they're educated, nobody jumps to, oh, they're older guys. They jump to the fact that you took two years off for the most of these guys to go on missions. And then they think about, man, if I had to take it two years off, would I be where I'm at? And most of them are like, no way. Cause you get, you know, you're just so out of it. And all of a sudden you got to start sometimes like off worse than even when you started. It's an unbelievable challenge to come back from. And unless you experience it or can relate to it, you don't fully understand how difficult it can be. And so I think when these guys are more educated about what makes up the BYU team, I think they sit there extremely impressed as to the success over time that the BYU programs had under the conditions that you have. You're dealing with return missionaries, guys that left the game for two years and got missionary legs, came home fat and out of shape, and all of a sudden now had to rework themselves into being good college football players. And so I think there's a high respect for BYU football. And as you are educated and around guys from BYU, and Aaron obviously played with me for six years, so we started our careers together with the Green Bay Packers. I think that sort of introduced them into what BYU football was, and it's very intriguing to them. And so I think that's really what the interest uh, grabber was for AJ, uh, for AJ and Aaron. Well, Brady, great stuff. Uh, we'll check you out in all the things you're doing. Uh, we'll look for the book as well, and uh, should be a fun game tomorrow. We appreciate the uh, passionate opinions today. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime you need more passionate opinions, I'm here for you guys. Awesome. Brady Pinga on the uh, Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. We knew he'd bring the heat. Yeah. He always does. But he, he brought some serious ideas to the table as well as how BYU could beat Michigan State and offset some of the strengths of the Spartans. I loved it. There are, there are certain guys who are former players that you can just hear in their voice they want to be playing football right now. That's Brady yes, Papinga. Yes, Brady Papinga, <laughs> Brian Keels, yeah. another one of those guys. I love it. Hey, coming up, we go for two with our Michigan State and BYU picks. But first, ESPN's Mike Patrick, his opinions on the matchup with Sparty. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by BYU Dining Services, chef-driven, student-powered. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Join Jerem and me today, 2 p.m. Eastern time, for our weekly Facebook Live Q&A. You ask us questions, we answer them. No big whoop. Yep, no big whoop. That's a quote from Jason <laughs> Shepard. Hey, we're getting you ready for BYU and Michigan State. Uh, we, we talked about uh, what we expect and what's trending. Continue to use the hashtag BYUSN. We just talked with Brady Papinga. We will give you our going for two picks. And now we're joined by a man who will call tomorrow uh, afternoon's game uh, between Michigan State and BYU. He started out broadcasting the Jacksonville Sharks World Football League. He's now at ESPN. His name's Mike Patrick, and he's on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Mike, how's it going today? Uh, just great. How are you guys doing? We are doing well. Uh, we got, we've got a big one with Michigan State and BYU tomorrow. This, this is an interesting one. I think before the season, when you looked at this one, maybe you thought, okay, Michigan State probably 3-1, and 4-0. At this point, they're 2-2 two and two, uh, from the BYU perspective. Not sure with that tough schedule. Now we have two teams that are either at or below 500. What do you think of this matchup, Mike? I think it's a, it's a perfect matchup for both ball clubs because essentially they, they like to try to do the same things. Uh, I think they're both better than their record. I mean, you look at BYU, you know, with the, the, the combined point total of three losses, 
how close are you to five and zero? Oh? And Michigan State is pretty much in the same boat. You know, they uh, for the last three or four years they've been one of those teams that seem to get every break uh, in every game and have the kind of success that they did. They haven't gotten the breaks this year. Uh, they're for one of the few times in Mark D'Antonio's history. Uh, they're under the 500 mark in turnovers. Uh, they're minus one for the season, and usually at this point of the year, they're already plus five or six. So they haven't uh, been getting the breaks that they usually have uh, over uh, the course of a season, but uh, it's still a pretty good ball club, although they're very young. You mentioned this BYU team has, has come up short by the smallest of margins in, in their losses. When you look at this team and the way it's constructed, what jumps out to you about the Cougars? Well, the first thing that jumps out to me is I, I have always been a huge Taysom Hill fan, always. Uh, I think the kid is uh, remarkably talented, and I have felt so bad for them uh, for him over the course of his career that he has suffered so many serious injuries that, ended the year every time uh and i think people have have sort of lost track of the fact that the one year when he was healthy uh he was probably the most dynamic runner in the entire country uh i I know that injuries take their toll and over the course of the years he probably doesn't have the speed or the quickness that he once had but i think he's still a very dangerous quarterback and i love the kid's attitude always have uh, I think he is the leader of this ball club. And of course, you got Jamal Williams coming off that, uh, awesome game that he had. So I think the potential for big plays is always there with these guys. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him in person, especially watching Taysom Hill. ESPN's Mike Patrick is on BYU Sports Nation. He'll have the call tomorrow with Ed Cunningham. Uh, at Michigan State and BYU at 3.30 Eastern time on ESPN2 or ABC. It depends on where you live in the country. BYU, as you mentioned, 2-3, and three, uh, and have kind of turned it around. First three games, kind of the offense wasn't really there. Defense was good. The last two games, the defense kind of struggled. The offense has turned it on. So what do you expect from BYU in Game 6 at Michigan State? Well, they have to stop the run because that's what Michigan State uh, is, is built around. And statistically, at least, uh, that's been the best part of the defense uh, for BYU, 44th in the country in run defense. The pass defense certainly has uh, struggled this year. Um, but you're going to have to stop the run because that's what they're going to try to establish. Uh, so I think that's what we'll see, you know, possibly eight guys in the box early trying to force uh, Michigan State to become a passing team. Michigan State has had some injuries on defense. How much do you think that will affect what we see from them tomorrow as BYU, as, as you've mentioned, wants to establish the run? Uh, they're really in trouble as far as injuries are concerned. Uh, Riley Bulla, who was their uh, best player on defense, the middle linebacker, is still out. Uh, they lost another kid, uh, John Reschke, uh, an outstanding linebacker. He's been out indefinitely. Uh, their depth has been hurt uh, by those injuries. Uh, one of the vulnerabilities they thought they had coming into the season was the defensive line because they only had one starter returning. That was Malik McDowell, 
who's a preseason All-American, but he was called for targeting last week, so he'll miss the first half. So you're going to have a front four that has very, very little experience, and they're going to need help from that linebacking core and perhaps uh, a safety pulled up as well. So I think the opportunity is there early at least uh, for BYU to establish the run and get some good movement up front. ESPN's Mike Patrick is on BYU Sports Nation. This is an interesting matchup because you just outlined the injuries and the targeting column. Malik McDowell is a big one. Um, and, and you have this Michigan State team, and, and the rhetoric in East Lansing is interesting. Some people calling for a different quarterback uh, besides the fifth-year senior, Tyler O'Connor. They've lost two games. They only lost one last year. So what kind of Michigan State Spartan team do you expect tomorrow? Well, I expect one that will fight because Mark D'Antonio's teams always do. Um, and and you know the drill. If, if a quarterback throws a couple of picks uh, and can't pull out a game at the end, the uh, the drum beat starts uh, <laughs> for the next guy on the roster. Uh, if, if you're the backup, you're the most popular kid in town uh, until they call your name, and then you're subject to all the stuff the other guy got. Uh, O'Connor's a first-year starter, and, of course, they were so used to having Connor Cook, who just had a brilliant uh, career, uh, one of four draft choices they had on offense that they lost. Uh, so they're very inexperienced on that side of the ball too. Uh, but O'Connor's a pretty good quarterback. I mean, he's a uh, uh, couple of games that he won big time road wins uh, at Ohio State and uh, Notre Dame as a starter. Uh, that's not bad to have on your resume. Uh, and I don't think. Changing quarterbacks is is really the problem they've had. They have not run the ball all that well. Uh, L.J. Scott is their leading running back. He only has 300 yards, uh, and they're 69th in the country in running the ball. Usually they're in the top 15. Uh, when you're young and you have injuries the way that they have had, it's tough to really get good at anything. I think right now they're in the middle of the pack at everything. And, of course, the fans are not going to like it because they're not used to that. They've had five 11-win seasons in the last six uh, six years. Uh, Mediocrity is not on their uh, resume. (laughs) Mike, one last question before we let you go, and we appreciate your time today. With so much talk of conference expansion, it's obviously a huge topic out here as BYU tries to get into a P5 conference. Two-part question. Do you believe that the Big 12 should expand? And if they do, do you believe BYU should be invited? Uh, I don't know about should expand. I think they're going to. Um, But I think BYU has to be in a Power 5 conference. The days are gone when you can play as an independent. Uh, Look at your schedule. Even if you uh, were undefeated this year, uh, you would have no chance at being in the college football playoff. No chance. I mean, it's not, it's not going to happen. And if, if a team like BYU as an independent were close at the end of the year, but didn't have a conference championship game to play in, those conference championship games take all the oxygen out of the room. Uh, you would be ignored while other people are playing for titles. Uh, and there's no way a team like BYU is going to finish in the top four, no matter what your record is. The deck is stacked against everybody who is not in a Power 5 conference. 
And BYU hopes to be in one soon. Mike, we appreciate the time. Have a great call tomorrow on uh, ESPN2 or ABC, depending on where you live, of uh, BYU and Michigan State at 3.30 Eastern tomorrow. Thanks, Mike. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to it. And we are too. Thanks. Mike Patrick on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Yeah, he, a, a lot of insight there on uh, especially Michigan State. They're really injured. That's something we've talked about a little bit, but they're really banged up. So this could be an opportunity for BYU to go in there and maybe steal one. Well, and I, and I think that they realized that they, they had lost a lot. So this was, I don't want to say rebuilding, but they knew they were not going to have... You're not going to be a playoff yeah, team again. Yeah, and, and so then you add on the injuries. Yeah, that's, that's a concern. Coming up, why is the BYU baseball team going to be at the football game tomorrow and are going for two picks? Huh? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Jeremy. He's Jason. We're live in Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation Live, catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. And don't miss Countdown to Kickoff tomorrow, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, on BYU TV, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan all in studio. Also have Spencer Linton live from East Lansing because Lansing is so big, it needs they an need east it. side. Yep. Tune in tomorrow, countdown to kickoff, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. On the banks of the Red Cedar. Don't ever forget <laughs> it. Our Twitter question, what do you expect from BYU tomorrow versus Michigan State at Laser Sheep? I expect a hard-hitting and solid showing from the Cougars. They're a close-knit team with something to prove. At L underscore Moss underscore Micah, the first Complete game. Ooh. Now would be a time. We talked about that Tuesday. Now would be a great time. And even if Kalani Satake gets his complete game, he still said he's going to find something to He'll bring be up anyway. The jerk that finds <laughs> yeah, that's right. that finds something wrong. Hey, every Friday or the day before the game, or or as close to the game as we can get, depending on uh, when game day is, we do a segment called "Going for Two. We make a couple of picks. We account for it through the season. Jason's going to make some picks today. Let's do it. Can you predict the future? Yes. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Going for two is brought to you by BYU Dining Services. A reminder, Spencer and I are tied at three and seven on the season. So today, today's a big day. We're going to have Spencer involved. We're going to have Jason involved as well. And I'm 500 at zero and zero. That's actually zero percent. <laughs> Let's get Spencer's picks. <sighs> He's on a plane right now in East Lansing, so our producer Ben Bagley, a.k.a. The Voice, will give us Spencer's pick. Ben, take it away. Well, here's pick number one from Spencer, and I am, I'm actually geared up for this. As mm-hmm. you can see, I'm geared up for the picks. Oh, he's, and you'll he's see in why a Raptor, Oh, yes, Ooh, I've got the wow. Ed Hockley going on. Okay. Oops, there it is, Ed Hockley. It is Ed Hockley. I'm not yes. sure he's, why he's in a Raptor. Uh, B, Spencer's first pick, BYU will rush for 150 or more yards. Okay. I, yeah, yeah, yellow card, yeah. BYU averages 200. I see where he's going here. I see, yes, I see where he's going. He's saying that the defense of Michigan State is so good at stopping the run that getting 150 is an accomplishment. I got your back, Spencer. What? Okay, number two. What is it? Number two for Spencer is BYU will hold Michigan State to 20 points or less. They average 22.8. He's saying they're like close. What? Yeah, red card. Come he's on, done. man. That's so just he's, weak saying, sauce. he's saying that BYU's defense is good enough to hold him under their average. They stink on <laughs> offense. What are, what are they scoring offense in the country? 105th. They're the 24th so they're in worst. The, at least they're in the top 105. Then. Oh, my goodness. Get out of here. Okay, here are my picks <laughs> that actually have some boldness to them. BYU will lead at halftime. BYU will lead this game at halftime. I think that without Malik McDowell, BYU is able to rush the ball. BYU come out. 
put some points on the board. That might be three. It might be seven. It might be 13. They'll have a lead at halftime. Number two, Michigan State won't have a 100-yard individual rusher. Rusher. This is what they do. They rush the rock. LJ Scott, Gerald Holmes, and company, BYU, will hold Michigan State without a 100-plus yard individual rusher. Those are my going for two picks. How about you? I'm so excited to be able to do this. Normally, I'm at home, and after you guys give your picks, you I like that, give my picks, yeah, but there's like no, like, no one's care. listening to me. <laughs> so I'm so excited that I actually get to do this on air. You can play at home as well. Exactly. The home version of going for two. Uh, I'm going to start out, speaking of going for two, there will be zero two-point conversion attempts from either team in this game. This is good. Hang on, hang on. That's good. Wait, what? Wait. What's up? Oh, that's a caution. You get a ca- That's yeah. a warning. You're going Spencer. That's pretty easy. You're going, talking about- You're going Spencer. What are you talking about? There's been a two-point conversion in every game so far. Why would it? I'm saying there won't be. Jason, you've been warned. That's a yellow card. Just a but, warning. Hey, okay. Don't go further. Okay, there will not be. Right. Ben, are you associated with the Pac-12? Let's just clear something up. No, WCC. Oh, <laughs> so it's way better. All right, this one, there's no way I'm getting a red card with this one. This one is gold. Gold, Jerry. It's gold, Jerry. And I want to preface this, and I want to make this abundantly clear. Okay. With Taysom Hill as quarterback, someone else will throw a touchdown pass for the Cougars tomorrow. Interesting, yet confusing. What I'm saying is maybe a little rollout. Maybe Jamal throws. I'm just saying. You think someone else? That's quite. I'm just. I'm saying. And again, I almost want to give you a caution for too crazy. (laughs) Like that's a Brian. That's like Brian Logan territory. Yeah. Again, want to make it perfectly clear. Taysom's the quarterback, but somebody else. There will be a play where somebody else will throw a touchdown pass. Now. If you want something crazy, tune in to Countdown to Kickoff. Brian Logan's bringing the crazy yet again on his bold prediction tomorrow. Okay, these are going for two picks to recap. Spencer said BYU rush for 150 or more. Uh, BYU will hold Michigan State to 20 points or less. I said BYU will lead at halftime. Michigan State won't have a 100-plus yard individual rusher. And Jason said... With Taysom at quarterback, somebody else will throw a TD pass for the Cougars. Maybe Jamal Williams. Who knows? I don't want to get too specific. He's only had five this year. Hey. So I'll take them where they come. Also, there will be (laughs) zero two-point conversion attempts from either team. Interesting. Oh, from either team, too. Yeah, from either team. Okay. Oh, see, I'm. All right, it's, that's it's, not so bad. It's layered. It is a layered. I'm surprised going you got two. I'm surprised you got that caution. But then again, if if Ben is associated with the WCC refs, that makes complete sense. Going for two is brought to you by BYU Dining <laughs> Services, chef driven, student powered. As you know, I have an interesting relationship with the fake account at WCC officials on Twitter. Have you? Seen I, this oh, before? I've seen it. it. Yeah, it like tweeted my wife and stuff. I'm like, hey. Leave the wives out of this. Hey, wives and kids are off limits. They are off limits, man. Hey, hey, coming up. Why will BYU baseball be at the football game tomorrow in East Lansing? And top 15 volleyball and soccer win again. Bring it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Don't bring it, weak. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Tomorrow is game day for the BYU football team taking on Michigan State. Count on a kickoff begins at 2.30 Eastern. Today's walkthrough at Spartan Stadium is coming up at 1.45 Eastern time. Soccer. Fifth-ranked women's soccer beat LMU last night 1-0. Michelle Vasconcelos had the game winner in the ninth minute as the Cougars improved to 11-1-1 on the season. They play at number 25 Pepperdine in beautiful Malibu tomorrow at 4 Eastern. Volleyball. Number 13 women's volleyball swept St. Mary's last night at the Smith Fieldhouse. The Cougars finished the match with eight aces and five players with five 
or more kills. BYU back in action tomorrow at home, hosting Pacific at 3 Eastern time. Cougars in the NFL. This weekend, the slate includes Kyle Van Oyen, the Lions playing the Eagles, Dennis Pitta, DeAndre Wesley, and the Ravens take on the Redskins. Paula Sique, who's back on the Bears' active roster, faces off against the Indianapolis Colts with the Bears. Baseball. The BYU baseball team will be in action in an exhibition game tomorrow against, listen for this, Michigan State. How about that? How about that? 10 Eastern time is when that exhibition game will get underway. They'll be attending the football game later on Saturday. Softball. Mike Littlewood just wanted to go to the game. BYU plays Salt Lake Community College tonight at 8 Eastern and Boise State tomorrow at 2.30 Eastern. Cross Country. Number four men's and number 15 women's cross country are at the Stephen Reeder Cross Country Memorial Meet this weekend at Utah State. Tennis. The men's team's playing in the Dar Walters Fall Classic in Boise, Idaho this weekend. The women's team continues play in the Riviera ITA Women's All-American Championships in Los Angeles. It's like the longest. Swimming and diving. Since I'm a swimmer, it's only appropriate that I read this. True. Uh, both the men's and women's teams are participating at the Intermountain Shootout in Grand Junction, Colorado this weekend. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who gets it, Jason? Uh, Bob Bullsby. What do you expect from BYU tomorrow <laughs> versus Michigan State? That's too our, much? That's our Twitter question. Not enough. At Mo underscore Finn. <laughs> A win somehow, some way. Continue to use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in, but our elite tweet of the day, and that's the only time I'll say that word on this show, is at YFangirl underscore JB. Like the other games, I expect I'll lose a lot of hair, TMI, and eat 2,000 calories in a 15-minute fourth quarter. Wow, that's, They have been long fourth quarters. That's very specific, though, in the calorie intake. Yeah, and you stress a lot. You should uh, not worry about what you don't control. It'll, it'll help you out. Hey, thanks to our guests today, Brady Papinga, Mike Patrick, as well as everybody on the crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. Big game tomorrow for BYU and Michigan State. Countdown to kickoff is live at 2.30 Eastern time. Spencer Linton and his week going for two picks are live from East Lansing. You're going to hear it from him when he gets off the plane. Oh, of course I will. I texted him this morning. I have his back. I have his front. The show's on demand on BYUSN.com, the audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. Don't forget our Facebook Live Q&A with BYU Sports Nation coming up at 2 Eastern time. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Bill Galloway. BYU Sports Nation back at it Monday at noon Eastern time. We'll see you tomorrow on Countdown to Kickoff and in two hours on Facebook Live.